Today is part two of They Are Playing for Keeps, Are You? Let's talk about it on the special edition of the Doc Washburn Show. Welcome to the Voice of the Resistance with Doc Washburn. We are the show that pushes back against the Uniparty and lets you in on the news that traditional talk radio is all too often afraid to talk about. This is episode 334 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show for Monday, January 30th, 2023. Just so you understand where I'm coming from, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. More evidence comes out all the time that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. Also, I will never call Joe Biden president because it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. I will never pretend a man can become a woman, and I will never forget about the January 6th political prisoners most Republican politicians refuse to even mention. And August 8th, 2022, the day the Biden regime's secret police conducted an unprecedented and unconstitutional raid on the home of a former president of the United States is a day that shall live in infamy. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburn.com, and click on the button that says Become a Patron. Also, please remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. Okay, the theme of today's show is They Are Playing for Keeps, Are You? Part 2. Let's start off with some audio of Bill Gates Amazingly, the top current affairs program in Australia asked Bill Gates a question that nobody else in media who had access to Bill Gates has seemed to be interested in, and that was about Bill Gates' friendship with Jeffrey Epstein, the convicted pedophile, the probably blackmailer, and the fact that Bill Gates' ex-wife said that was a big reason that she left him. You know the Bill and, and Melinda Gates Foundation? Yeah, that Melinda, who was very, I mean, hey, politically, politically, Apparently, you couldn't see much daylight between Bill and Melinda Gates. Politically, they're on the same page, had interest in the, you know, in the same political issues. Uh, like to throw their weight around there with their foundation. But his friendship with Jeffrey Epstein was a bridge too far for her. And so someone, this woman doing this, the, the top current affairs program, um, down in Australia, it's called ABC 730. So a lot of people don't realize this if you've never been to Australia, but, of course, we have the ABC television network in the United States, an unrelated organization, very big commercial operation in Australia. They have ABC, the Australian Broadcasting Company. Uh, They're a big network in Australia, and the most watched 
public affairs program down there is ABC 730, which apparently either comes on the air at 730 in the morning or 730 in the evening. It looks like something you would watch in the evening. Anyway, enough about that. Here's what Bill Gates was asked and his response. Now, one of the issues that stopped you is, is that of your relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. Do you regret the relationship that you maintained with him against Melinda's advice and wishes? Oh, I've said that I'm, I mean, this is, you're going way back in mm-hmm. time. But yeah, I, I, New audience. I will say for the, you know, oh, over a hundred times, yeah, I shouldn't have had uh, dinners with him. Um, Epstein had a way of sexually compromising people. Is that what Melinda was warning you about? Hello. No. I mean, it, it's, no, I, I had dinner with him, uh, and that's all. And that you regret the relationship, the acquaintance? That I had dinner with him. And, and the relationship between the foundation and Epstein, which There was- never was any relationship of any kind. You know, I have a hard time believing that. Now, maybe he's telling the truth, but he is Bill Gates. So, I, you know, I have a hard time believing that. Look, I'm sure Prince Andrew would say, hey, we just had dinner, you know. Yeah, I regret it, but, you know. Uh, Bill Clinton would probably, well, look, you know, we just had dinner, flew down the island a few times, nothing happened. They're all going to deny it, right? So Tucker Carlson talked about that Monday evening, and he played a video clip of Melinda Gates saying, I warned him, and that was a big sticking point for me. And she said that she actually went and met uh, Jeffrey Epstein, and he was just creeping as personified. And, and yeah, she was willing to uh, divorce her husband over his friendship with, with Jeffrey Epstein. So think about that now. You're Bill Gates, one of the wealthiest men in the world, and you're willing to go through a divorce because you refuse to stop just having dinner with a convicted pedophile. Are we missing something here? Just dinner. That's all. And that's worth going through an extremely expensive uh, divorce with your life partner, the, the the love of your life, just dinner. Um, forgive me if it doesn't add up for me. You know, <laughs> look, I'm no brain surgeon, but wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Come on, man. Seriously, this is us you're talking to. But I think that. Um, I think he probably feels like he can't tell the truth. You know? And the stories of Epstein having every square foot of his private island, Little St. James Island, U.S. Virgin Islands, every square foot of it, covered with uh, security cameras so he could videotape and blackmail the people who went down there. Um, You don't have to be some kind of conspiracy theorist to 
be aware of those allegations. Look, why else were famous, wealthy, and powerful people still hobnobbing with this guy after he got out of his uh, 13-month jail sentence for, for being a pedophile, right? Look, if you didn't see Tucker Carlson's monologue last week about Jeffrey Epstein, I would recommend you go on Fox News' website, go on YouTube, find it somewhere. Because he said, he was quoting from William Barr's autobiography, then Attorney General under Trump, when Epstein was found dead in a cell. And the first thing out of Barr's mouth was, oh no, how are we going to make people believe that he wasn't murdered? How are we going to make people believe that it was a suicide? To which Tucker's like, well, how did you know? right off the bat, before you even had an investigation, that it was a suicide instead of murder. And another point that William Barr made was, well, the um, the tier that Epstein was on, there's no way anybody could have gotten in or out of there. Okay? So we know he committed suicide. Well, yeah, but... What about the cells in his tier? You're not even going to consider the fact, consider the possibility that another prisoner in there might have strangled him? Which is, by the way, what Dr. Michael Bodden, former chief forensic pathologist for the New York City, who witnessed the autopsy, said it looked like because the... uh, the injuries on Epstein didn't look like anything in the thousand hangings that Dr. Bodden had seen. But the medical examiner won't talk to anybody about it. And the fact that the authorities said that Epstein had tried to commit suicide a couple weeks earlier and Epstein swore up, one side and down the other, that no, he had been attacked by another inmate. You know, that Epstein actually was in good spirits the day before they found him dead and thought he had a good chance of at least appealing the ruling of no bail, et cetera, et cetera. So... But you got William Barr reminding me of Bill Clinton. Remind, look, I remember where I was when I found out about Vince Foster, okay? Bill Clinton was a guest on Larry King Live on CNN. And Larry King announced that the body of Vince Foster had been found in a remote park in Northern Virginia. And so there Bill Clinton is in a studio. I think it was remote. I don't think he was there with Larry King. I think it was remote. But anyway, the first words out of Bill Clinton's mouth were, 
Well, I guess we'll never know why it happened. Now, you've known this guy, Vince, since you're both seven years old. And the first thing out of your mouth was, well, I guess we'll never know why it happened. You're not going to pledge to get the bottom of Get to the bottom of what happened to your lifelong friends since you're little boys. You see where I'm going with this? There's this um, there's this phrase called Occam's Razor. O C C A M apostrophe S Razor. And what it means is usually the most reasonable explanation for something is the correct one. Okay? Usually, if you look at how people are acting, and it seems they're acting in a way that people who have nothing to hide and are telling the truth would not be acting that way, then you get the impression they do have something to hide and they're not telling the truth. You know? I'm just saying. And I'll never forget hearing G. Gordon Liddy interviewing the guy who found Vince Foster's body like a half hour, 45 minutes before the police got there. And it was uh, a spellbinding interview. And I've looked all over the Internet for that interview. I haven't been able to find it. I have found testimony because there were congressional investigations into the death of Vince Foster and some of the transcripts actually quote from the G. Gordon Liddy interview with the guy who found the body. But the actual audio of the interview doesn't seem to exist anywhere. And of course, uh, Mr. Liddy passed away a little while back. But anyway, that's what um, that's what Bill Gates and the death of Jeffrey Epstein remind me of. It's just, uh, you know, they say history doesn't repeat itself, but sometimes, sometimes it rhymes. Speaking of which, the great Julie Kelly over at amgreatness.com has an article entitled, Tyree Nichols isn't the only victim entitled to the truth. And she says, imagine if law enforcement officials in Washington, D.C. had acted as swiftly as police in Memphis in releasing body-worn camera footage related to the use of lethal force. It took Memphis authorities less than a month to compile security and body camera recordings to show the brutal beating of Tyree Nichols, who died three days after five police officers attacked him on January 7th following a traffic stop for alleged reckless driving. Under pressure from family members and civil rights groups, the city of Memphis 
made public nearly an hour of footage aggregated from several angles to show what happened to Tyree Nichols. According to a timeline produced by the New York Times, throughout the struggle, Mr. Nichols appears to have been kicked violently at least twice in the face, beaten three times with a baton, sprayed in the face twice with a chemical, and punched in the head six times. In the span of a few weeks, not only did authorities release all relevant videos, but the five officers were arrested, investigated by a grand jury, indicted on second-degree murder charges, and fired by the Memphis Police Department. Transparency and justice, to the extent it ever will ease his family's grief, came quickly for Tyree Nichols. That is not the situation for four Donald Trump supporters who died January 6, 2021, either wholly or partially due to the actions of Capitol and D.C. Metropolitan Police officers on duty that day. More than two years after the fact, body-worn camera footage is only slowly being released at the criminal trials of January 6 defendants. Only D.C. Metro Police are required to wear body cameras, not Capitol Hill Police. And the Department of Justice, unlike the city of Memphis, is making it nearly impossible for the general public to access the very limited trove which has been uploaded to a platform created to house all digital evidence for the for the department's capital siege investigation. But the unedited video, the government has, of course, produced cherry-picked clips from otherwise protected recordings to bolster the regime's insurrection narrative in the media and in court. But the unedited video so far documents what I described last week as the worst incident of police brutality since the civil rights movement of the 1960s. Footage from just three D.C. Metro officers revealed how police wantonly, and in some cases viciously, attacked American citizens exercising their rights to protest at a government building. Cops used an arsenal of munitions, including rubber bullets, flashbangs, stinger balls, and massive amounts of chemical gas against protesters assembled on Capitol grounds. Recordings also capture the conduct of other officers involved in the assault. At one point, D.C. Metro Police Officer Daniel Thal admitted the approach is backfiring. One commander told Thal at 2.14 p.m. on January 6, 2021, we can hit them with a lot of pain compliance, but you're hitting innocent people. Thou replied that not only that, we're taking out one and ten are getting angrier. Thou said we're multiplying them by hitting them. Now by them, Thou meant enraged Trump supporters who, as the footage further confirmed, were actually respecting police lines at the time. And around the time Thou made that comment, two men, Kevin Greeson and Benjamin Phillips, 
were already dead of cardiac arrest. Now, what happened to them? The public does not know because unlike the death of Tyree Nichols, no politician has demanded accountability. No news organization or civil rights group has demanded justice. No family member, for reasons understood in the destructive climate created for anyone associated with January 6th, has asked for answers. D.C. Metro police officers undoubtedly were in the vicinity of both men when they suffered fatal heart attacks, very likely due to law enforcement's reckless use of flashbangs, a metal device that emits a disorienting blast of light and sound. When used improperly, as appears to be the case in most instances on January 6th, flashbangs can cause serious injury or death. And then she has a video that she has embedded in her article at amgreatness.com of what happened when a flashbang was thrown into the crowd on January 6th. And you see a crowd of people standing around peacefully, holding American flags, holding signs, doing nothing to anybody. And then all of a sudden, in comes this metal flashbang grenade, and people are scattering, and there's smoke, and it's just horrendous. She said, interviews of first responders and witness accounts of those near the scene suggest that at least one of the men suffered cardiac arrest after being hit with a munition. The only way to know for sure is to release video from both Capitol security cameras and footage recorded by D.C. Metro Police in the same vicinity. And what about releasing the body-worn camera footage of Lila Morris, the D.C. Metro officer who repeatedly struck Roseanne Boyland with either a baton or a stick on January 6th, newly released Open-source footage shows a horrific scene after her beating as protesters attempted to resuscitate Ms. Boyland as other officers looked on. Body cam footage of Lila Morris's colleague, Officer Terrence Craig, indicated he was, in the, he was in the lower West Terrace tunnel when the attack on Roseanne Boyland occurred. One man screamed at the officers, she's blank dead. This is on you, blankety blank. This is the woman you killed, you blanks. But where is Lila Morris's body cam video or that of other officers near her on January 6th? Surely, Roseanne Boyland is entitled to the same level of transparency and accountability as Tyree Nichols, since she too was pepper sprayed and beaten. Where is justice for Roseanne as a hashtag in social media? According to testimony by Robert Conti, then acting chief of the Metropolitan Police Department, more than a thousand of his officers were at the Capitol on January 6th. Quick clips of a handful of officers, including Daniel Hodges, who repeatedly referred to Trump supporters as terrorists, during his public testimony to the January 6th Select Committee in 2021, have been used to garner sympathy and stoke outrage. If it's acceptable to make public small segments 
a body cam footage from selected officers, then the Department of Justice and D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser should order the release of all footage on an accessible platform for the American people to see for themselves. After all, Tyree Nichols isn't the only victim entitled to the truth. That's a great Julie Kelly over at AM Greatness, the article entitled Tyree Nichols isn't the only victim entitled to the truth. And Julie Kelly is the author of the recent book, January 6th, How Democrats Used the Capitol Protest to Launch a War on Terror Against the Political Right. Okay, so what is the latest about the vaccines and what's the latest on Biden's political struggles over the uh, classified documents scandal. That's all coming up as the Doc Washman Show continues. Look, if you tried to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage, you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Auto comes in. Red River Auto is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including the freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online and they'll drive it to you, no matter where you are. Red River Auto wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. Red River Auto Group has perfected the online buying process. Just go to redriverauto.com and pick from hundreds of new and used vehicles. You can purchase your vehicle online. If you have any questions, one of Red River's trained experts will help you through the whole process. Red River Auto makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom. The dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door, no matter where you live in the continental USA, RedRiverAuto.com. You'll be glad you did. Now, you've probably heard by now our friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everybody get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating my pillow, the best pillow ever. Mike also created the best bed sheets ever. They look great, they feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. My wife and I just love sleeping on our Giza Dreams bed sheets. Now, Mike Lindell is offering the best deal on his Giza Dreams sheets. You can get a set of Giza sheets for as low as $29.98. The first night you sleep on these sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. Mike is making a special offer for my listeners. You can get a set of Giza sheets for as low as $29.98 just by using promo code DWS. And right now, a set of pillowcases for only $9.98. In this economy, instead of buying a new bed, rejuvenate your bed with a MyPillow mattress topper for as low as $99.99. MyPillow also has blankets in a variety of sizes, colors, and styles, like plush, waffle, or gossamer, for as low as $29.98. Get huge discounts on duvets, quilts, down comforters, and so much more. 
Use that promo code DWS, and you'll get huge discounts on all my pillow bedding, including my Pillow Giza Dreams sheets for just $29.98. Now, I'm wearing my new My Slippers moccasins even as we speak. I had no idea slippers could feel this good. I also had no idea I could go out in 15-degree weather wearing my slippers moccasins with no socks and my feet wouldn't get cold. That's amazing to me. Right now, save up to $90 on my slippers, slip-ons and moccasins, marked down to just $49.98 by using promo code DWS. Not only that, Mike is having the biggest closeout sale ever on his sandals and slides for as low as $19.98. What makes my slippers different is Mike's exclusive four-layer design that you're not going to find in any other slippers. My slippers' patented layers make them ultra-comfortable, extremely durable, and they help reduce stress on your feet. Wear them anytime, anywhere. Just use promo code DWS. Now, you know, Mike's other passion is to support American entrepreneurs and bring manufacturing back to our country. For years, people approached Mike with great products but had no way of marketing them. MyStore.com was created to give these people a voice and a platform to bring you their amazing products made right here in the USA. MyStore.com has all kinds of great deals on automotive products, bath and beauty, books and video, clothing, decor items, food and drink, garden and patio, health, home improvement, household essentials, kitchen and dining, personal care, sports and outdoors, toys and games, and so much more. But remember, whether you're buying something from MyPillow.com or MyStore.com, you got to use that promo code DWS to get some great deals. And remember, DWS does not stand for washed-up Democrat Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz. No, 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 no. DWS stands for Doc Washburn Show. MyPillow.com and MyStore.com. Quantities are extremely limited at these amazing prices, so please order now. Just use promo code DWS. All right, we've got to take a look at article by John D. O'Connor over American Greatness, amgreatness.com. Why Biden's document retention is profoundly troubling. And I love the way Mr. O'Connor writes because he uses analogies that really get us to thinking. Now, in the interest of full disclosure, John D. O'Connor is a former federal prosecutor and a San Francisco attorney who represented Mark Felt during his revelation as Deep Throat in 2005. He's the author of the book, The Mysteries of Watergate, What Really Happened. And here's what he's saying. Major media pundits, not known for their critical thinking skills, have portrayed Joe Biden's recently discovered possession of classified documents as likely innocent, since he had, they claim, inadvertently come into their possession and willingly cooperated when they were discovered. In contrast, these same pseudo-sophisticates assert Donald Trump resisted giving up his presidential documents, which included classified ads out of newspapers. And so he caused a raid by the FBI, thus rendering Donald Trump 
far more culpable than Joe Biden. Now, there's a fundamental problem with this comparative analysis. At this point, he he links to an article from the Washington Post. He says, it's seriously lacking in that combination of common sense inference and rigorous critical thought that we should expect from allegedly authoritative opinion leaders. Let's apply analogies based on common experience, shall we? Here's the analogy. Mom dies. Daughter Mary, mom's living caretaker, scoops up some of mom's jewelry for safekeeping as she moves back into her own residence. She informs her siblings immediately. After much back and forth, Mary delivers what she says are all mom's jewels belonging to the estate. But she makes no bones about her claim that a few personally significant items, like a valueless but sentimentally important locket from dad, were given to her before mom passed away and therefore belonged to her. Now, unfriendly brother Bob, suspicious, persuades his crony, the sheriff, to actually raid Mary's house. He uncovers the deliberately withheld items and a few more valueless trinkets clearly belonging to mom. Bob declares Mary to be a major thief. Common sense co-siblings think Mary is blundering, but not as Bob claims a criminal. Okay, now here's a contrasting analogy. Mom dies, but this time Mary spirits away some of mom's best pieces and doesn't tell anyone. Her siblings are none the wiser. Six years later, the family estate attorney, Mary's friend, helps her move from her home. He discovers some of mom's valuable pieces in Mary's often occupied study, and he feels duty-bound to tell the siblings. Mary's friend claims the removal of mom's best jewels was inadvertent, and her current possession was unwitting, kept in a box in the study closet. Later searches, however, find mom's jewelry in Mary's second home and in her desk at her place of business. Pictures show Mary's daughter actually wearing Mary's mom's jewelry. Mary claims that she cooperated fully once the items were discovered, but refuses to explain her possession, apparent curation to select the most valuable items, her seeming division of the jewelry, and her use of them along with her daughter's use of them. Now, any person with common sense and a fair mind would conclude that in the first example, Mary was at worst pig-headed and insensitive in her handling of the situation, but innocent of any substantial wrongdoing. That same fair-minded observer, however, would conclude in the second example that by a preponderance of evidence, Mary is likely guilty of intentionally converting mom's valuable jewelry for her own use and benefit and defrauding her siblings to boot. Inadvertence could not adequately explain her intentional possession, curation, division, and use of stolen property. In the comparison at hand, there is not a scintilla of evidence that President Trump 
tried to hide his possession of documents. Reported widely by CNN and CBS, on January 18, 2021, when Trump aides backed up moving vans to the White House for delivery of documents to Mar-a-Lago. Like Mary in the first example, he is properly accused at most of insensitivity to ethical norms and perhaps of pig-headed blunders. Well, see, I disagree with that because I go back to the thing which he's not talking about here, which is a president can uh, declassify anything he wants to. Anyway, but he says the worst document in his possession was reportedly one of which stated that a certain country did not possess a nuclear arsenal, but very much desired one. Now, this document told all sentient beings what they already knew and really had no value to anyone. On this thin strand, the major media quickly speculated that Trump intended to sell his classified documents to enrich himself. After the midterm elections, however, the media revealed that authorities had long before concluded that Trump wished the documents for just for ego gratification. Regarding, as it did, perhaps the world's most notorious egotist, this revelation was a teacup rattler only to dupes who had swallowed whole the media's previous childish speculation. In Biden's case, however, the same media has ignored the fact that the Penn-Biden Center was one for global engagement, that the classified documents included our most priceless intelligence jewels, that is, presidential briefings on major foreign rivals, issued from 2013 through 2016, that Joe Biden's son and brother, perhaps in concert with Biden himself, have been engaged in global influence peddling, that the Penn-Biden Center have been financed by at least $54 million in Chinese money, and likely more, that son Hunter Biden was living in Joe Biden's personal residence, where classified documents were found, a box of which had been apparently pictured on Hunter's own laptop, that Hunter was paying his father $50,000 monthly for rent of this residence, inferentially from foreign money paid to the son for his father's influence. Meanwhile, China continues to menace Taiwan, where 90% of the world's most advanced computer chips are manufactured, an industry that is extremely difficult to duplicate elsewhere, even with several years of preparation. These chips, based on nanotechnology involving tiny ultraviolet rays, are critical to the Western world's most valuable military and industrial capability. China continues to increase its hegemony over the South China Sea, military bases on questionably owned islands, and associated shipping lanes. All of this while Hunter Biden makes millions from his part ownership of the Bohai Harvest Fund financed by the Bank of China and has completed energy deals for Chinese energy giant CEFC transferring American energy resources to the Communist Chinese Party. 
So there are at least, prior to a full investigation, looming questions for the grand jury of public opinion. Is Joe Biden a corrupt, treacherous criminal, weakening our most important national security bulwarks? Is it true, as Hunter wrote to his daughter via the laptop from hell, you know, one of the emails we got from that, is it true that Hunter shared fees with his father, likely from foreign actors? Politics, the venerated trope has it, must stop at our water's edge. If so, our politically partisan, ideological media should put away their vapid chatter about Biden's innocence and force him to demonstrate that he will protect our vital national interests. No honest, intelligent person of moderate sensibilities wishes Biden impeached or indicted, nor does a sane person wish for a Kamala Harris presidency. Okay, now wait a minute. You're doing such a good job, and you get almost to the end of the article, and you blur the line between impeachment and conviction. What a shame. What a pity. What a shame. Again, again. Does no one know how anything works? I know this guy does. You impeach someone if he is guilty of high crimes and misdemeanors, and there is a lot more than probable cause that Joe Biden is exactly that. But again, impeachment means you lose the vote in the House. Then you still have to put on a trial in the Senate, and you still have to be convicted by two-thirds of the United States senators to be kicked out of office. That's 67 senators. And you're not going to get 67 votes against Joe Biden any more than you did against Bill Clinton or Donald Trump. It just flabbergasts me that people act like impeaching a president means he's going to be removed from office and will be left with this dolt who giggles about everything, actually cackles about everything. Because she's so far over her head, she's so nervous, she's so filled with anxiety, all she could do is laugh about whatever she's talking about because she knows she's not fooling anybody that she has any gumption. It's amazing to me that people act like she's got any chance of becoming president if the House impeaches Biden. (sighs) The House should impeach Biden. Anyway. But I digress. Thank you for letting me get that off my chest. He wraps up the article saying, but we all seek a better world today and for generations to follow. So now is the time for the media to put on their big boy and big girl pants and become what they claim to be. Investigators acting without fear or favor, therefore seeking the truth behind Biden's deeply troubling actions. Well, a lot of them were actually doing that. And it takes me back to the audio that um, that I played a few weeks ago, Rush Limbaugh, from about a month or so before he passed, a couple of years ago, 
predicting exactly what was going to happen with Biden. And the fact that he was just a a placeholder and that they would find a way to get rid of him. Um, And so there are a number of different theories on this. And a lot of people wonder if the powers that be, the Democrat power structure, the deep state, whatever you want to call it, are putting all this stuff out there because they want to make sure that Biden doesn't want run for re-election. They, they want um, Gavin Newsom, governor of California, or former First Lady Michelle Obama or whoever, but they don't want Biden running for a second term. And so they really got to put the pressure on because Biden is too far gone to take a hint. He's got dementia. He, he doesn't get it. And Jill Biden does not have dementia, but she's power-crazed, power-hungry. And there's nowhere in the world she's going to take the hint because she doesn't want to give up living in the White House. She is allowing the elder abuse of her husband to go on because she enjoys the trappings of power. So if they really want Biden not to run for re-election, you know, they have to go to extraordinary lengths to keep that from happening, right? So I don't know. I mean, I'm having a hard time figuring that one out. And there are a lot of different theories out there. Over at um, Real Clear Markets, Real Clear Markets, sister sister website to Real Clear Politics, Real Clear uh, Investigations, Real Clear Defense. They got a whole bunch of different Real Clear websites, and they have some great columns. A guy named Robert Smith has an article. Now, Robert Smith is managing partner of Chartwell Capital Advisors. And his article is entitled, Joe Biden is curiously serving two masters, which has me wondering. So I'm going to share that with you here in just a moment and a lot more audio sound bites too. First of all, um, I don't know if you've heard recently, but DirecTV, which is owned by AT&T, and which kicked One American News off its platform last year, now it's gotten rid of Newsmax. And it just takes me back to what I've been telling you about, which is the overwhelmingly far-left tilt of the major cell phone companies. Now, there is an alternative if you're like, okay, that cuts it, that tears it. I can't, I can't give AT and T any more money if they're gonna deplatform One American News and Newsmax. What, what, what's next? Fox News? You would be right to stop spending money on AT and T. 
Patriot Mobile is a great alternative. They're America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier. Now more than ever, it's important to band together and support companies that share our conservative values. Patriot Mobile donates a portion of every dollar earned to organizations that fight for causes you care about. Patriot Mobile has exceptional nationwide coverage and uses the same towers the main carriers use. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget along with great discounts for our veteran and first responder heroes as well as multi-line users. I know I'm saving money. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're shifting your support from the leftist progressive agendas of Big Mobile to the Christian conservative causes of Patriot Mobile. When you become a Patriot Mobile member, your dollars are helping to fund our God-given right to freedom. A portion of every dollar they earn is given back to the causes that support organizations that fight for First Amendment religious freedom, freedom of speech, Second Amendment right to bear arms, sanctity of life, and the needs of veterans, our veterans and first responders. Switching is easy. Just do what I did. Go to PatriotMobile.com or call their U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. Make sure you use promo code DOC, that's D-O-C, for free activation. Now, if you're a conservative-owned business, tired of seeing your hard-earned dollars go to corporate woke agendas? Patriot Mobile now offers competitive business plans to sue companies of any size. Switch to Patriot Mobile Business today. Learn more at business.patriotmobile.com or call their 100% U.S.-based member services team at 469-FREEDOM. Again, make sure you use promo code DOC, that's D-O-C, for free activation. That's business.patriotmobile.com or just call 469-FREEDOM. I always love sharing with you information about the best-kept secret in American health care. It won't continue to be if I have anything to do with it. So here's the question. Are you having problems with sinuses and allergies? Are you experiencing dizziness, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar, eczema, psoriasis, migraines? Well, the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center might be able to help you. Let me tell you how. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain. Now, when that happens, your central nervous system isn't able to communicate with the rest of your body as it's designed to do. I had severe hay fever for five or six weeks every spring all my life. When I got my atlas adjusted, the hay fever went away, and it's never come back. I had bad migraines year-round. When I got my atlas adjusted, the migraines went away and never came back. Again, if you're suffering from sinus conditions, allergies, vertigo, psoriasis, eczema, problems with your blood sugar, fibromyalgia, even migraines, do yourself a favor. Call my friends at Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009 for free consultation. 
They've helped me. They've helped my wife. They've helped so many people we know. Please call them to see if they can help you. That number again for your free consultation is 501-279-2009. Now, if you're outside central Arkansas, but this sounds like something you want to find out more about, go to their website, turnmypoweron.com, click on the tab that says find a doctor near you. And I sure hope you can. Now, on a regular basis, we talk about how the world is going crazy, supply chain issues, record-setting inflation, sky-high gas prices, and woke corporations that stand against everything we believe in. We all know how the big box stores were allowed to stay open all during the pandemic, while so many little guys, small business owners, regular people, were forced to close. The wealthiest people on earth became better off while mom-and-pop businesses suffered. The question is, what are we willing to do about it? How can our voices be heard? Well, we can make a difference by voting with our dollars. Why continue shopping at big box stores if you can get the items you need from a family-owned company? Now, finally, we can shop Factory Direct at a family-owned, made-in-America manufacturer. Switch to America.com is helping Americans walk away from the big box conglomerates. That's why Switch to America was created. Regular folks like you and me in mind. One of the best ways to get around this crazy inflation is to shop with family-owned companies that put their customers first rather than shareholders and corporate executives. Now, a whole lot of Patriot influencers have come on board. I'm inviting you to join with fellow Patriots to cut off the cash flow of the big woke corporations that are trying to destroy our country. We're done with the woke globalist operation against humanity. Each of us can take market share away from these businesses that have enjoyed unfair advantages. We can choose to help each other by shopping family-owned, made in America. Join with over 2 million monthly shoppers that have already made the switch. Let's start voting with our dollars to make sure our purchases are supporting companies that promote freedom. And now an even more exciting addition to SwitchToAmerica.com is fresh American-raised beef. Raised in the mountains near the Yellowstone, this beef is known as Never Ever. Never has the animal ever been exposed to antibiotics or hormones or vaccines. This prime or high-choice beef is shipped directly to your door. Pricing and availability is exclusive only to our members and isn't shipped anywhere else in the world. SwitchToAmerica.com is dedicated to offering family-owned alternatives for items we buy on a regular basis. Just go to SwitchToAmerica.com when it asks how you heard about us. Click on my name, Doc Washburn, plug in your info, and I'll have one of my guys contact you. SwitchToAmerica.com All right, let's look at this article over at Real Clear Wire, one of the uh, Real Clear websites. It was first on Real Clear Markets by a guy named Robert Smith, 
It's entitled, Joe Biden is curiously serving two masters, which has me wondering. Well, it's got me wondering, too, because I'm trying to figure out what's going on here. You can tell something's going on because it is unusual in this day and age for the mainstream media, including Washington Post, New York Times, CNN, MSNBC, to actually pay attention to a scandal involving a Democrat politician. You know, that's just not, you know, sometimes I go back to my childhood. The Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoon. Two old guys sitting on a bench. One of them says, well, there's something you don't see every day, Chauncey. And this is one of those things. So here's what Robert Smith says. Here's something you won't hear anywhere else. It is clear that Joe Biden is being ratted out in the classified document scandal. But by whom? Tucker Carlson is convinced it is a cabal of Democrat Party members who want a new presidential nominee for 2024. Rob Smith says, Tucker, I love you, but I don't think so. I believe foreign actors and their interests may be involved. Well, that would surprise me because I think the foreign actors have Joe Biden right where they want him. But let's see what Brother Smith says here. Joe Biden has been in politics for 50 years. He's never had a real job. The only core conviction he has is a self-aggrandizement that comes from being able to have people suck up to him due to the power and vast resources at his disposal. He's dumber than a doorknob. Yet with 50 years of experience, he is on automatic pilot when it comes to self-preservation. He simply does what he's told and reads his teleprompter without really knowing what he is reading. So I don't buy Tucker's analysis because the so-called powers that be controlling him already have a pretty good gig. Why would they want to dump him? Okay, well, that makes sense. Robert Smith says, I have great respect for anybody who risks his own money, creating a product or service that others want to buy. Whether it's a plumber growing his business or a software engineer, creating the next new gizmo that charms Menlo Park. But people who sell influence and access to American politicians are despicable. The conspiring politicians are sewer rats. They are fiduciaries of your money, and they use their access to your money to grant favors to others so they will have the benefit of your money, and in return they enrich themselves. The nation's interests take second fiddle to their interests. Yet the pernicious, indeed the treasonous element of all this is when they sell influence to foreign actors bad people in charge of powerful governments that are hostile to the United States. It is sick. It is despicable. It is treasonous. Money is money. It is a force for great good, but can also be a force for evil and corruption. Men of integrity, the type that should be our elected officials, know this. They understand that they as humans are corruptible and thus studiously avoid any potential conflict 
which would compromise their integrity or loyalty to their principal. These are age-old truisms that have been in circulation and practiced by those who are serious about preserving their character for at least the past 2,000 years. See, for example, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 24, in which our Lord said, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, space is limited for me to list every Biden family crime of influence peddling, though Hunter Biden's laptop is a wealth of information. The Biden family took money from Ukrainian and Russian oligarchs closely associated with their country's governments. They orchestrated Defense Department money to fund biolabs in Ukraine to enrich themselves as they had financial ties to these entities. We know about Burisma. We know about Tony Bobolinsky. Some of us have even heard of Sinohawk and the no-interest forgivable loans. Ever hear of IRS imputed interest? And by the way, forgiveness of debt is taxable as ordinary income. Then there is Hunter Biden's 2013 trip on Air Force Two with his dad, the big guy, where the Biden crime syndicate walked away with one and a half billion with a B dollars of communist Chinese government funding into a so-called equity fund that crackhead Hunter was to manage. Now, I always look to invest my money with crack addicts, don't you? Then there is CEFC Energy. There were huge fees paid by China to the Bidens to secure cobalt mining in the Congo Republic in order to manufacture Chinese electrical vehicles. Joe's brother, Jim Biden, secured a $1.5 billion contract to build 100,000 homes in Iraq. But he's never even driven a nail into a 2 by 4 The Penn-Biden Center, funded almost exclusively by the Chinese government and other dark money emanating from China, paid Joe a salary of $900,000 to basically do nothing. Joe's cronies like Anthony Blinken got a get-paid-for-doing-nothing quasi-job, too. By the way, he's now Secretary of State. Author Peter Schweizer has done excellent work thoroughly documenting Biden family corruption with hostile foreign governments. But as recent as these works are, they do not even scratch the surface of what we now know as each day reveals explosive new stories. He says, this past week, I was deposed by California and New York lawyers because I publicly ratted out a lawyer who represented both sides in a multi-million dollar business deal. The deal went south, and he was a principal on the buy side of the transaction where his client was the seller. So, going back to the Matthew scripture we already shared with you, A person can't serve two masters. In this instance, as despicable as the lawyer's actions were, 
only one individual was harmed. But when the President of the United States serves two masters, the harm is incalculable. Corrupt governments like Ukraine and China know exactly what they are doing when they buy political influence, also known as bribing American politicians. They control the politician. The politician does their bidding instead of doing his nation's bidding because the politician can be so easily blackmailed. Why did Joe Biden withdraw one million barrels of oil out of the strategic petroleum reserve to sell it to Sinopec, a Chinese firm with ties to Hunter Biden? More importantly, why are we giving $100 billion to Ukraine? I understand Putin is a bad guy, but uh, Zelensky ain't exactly Mother Teresa himself. Ukraine is as notoriously corrupt as Russia, as illustrated in a recent news story of brazen thievery. Well, let's see what news story he is linking to here. Okay, over at southfront.org, Ukraine rocked by corruption scandal, wave of top officials resign, sports cars, mansions, and luxury vacations as people suffered. Well, I've never heard of southfront.org, but I have seen this story of very recent story of Ukrainian corruption and all over conservative media, all over mainstream media. So, yeah, that's a legit, legit story. Now, Robert Smith continues with the lives of ordinary Ukrainians, not the oligarchs, living in the breakaway republics of Donetsk and Luhansk, both with a majority of ethnic Russians, really be that much different under Russian control? One thing we have learned from this conflict is the mighty Russian armed forces are not the threat to the West that we all thought they might be. So what's the real goal? Once the conflict ends, how will things really change? One can look at the tragedy of many wars and Monday morning quarterback. What did all the death and property destruction solve? Last week, Joe Biden announced further escalation of the war by providing Ukraine with 31 Abrams tanks. This is a massive new commitment of American servicemen, as these Americans will have to train Ukrainians arm, supply, and maintain these vehicles, which means U.S. servicemen in Ukraine fighting Russians. Now, y'all may want to read Article 1, Section 8, Clause 11 of the U.S. Constitution. It says only Congress can declare war. So why is Joe Biden risking nuclear war by escalating this conflict? Well, Miranda Devine in the New York Post printed an April 12, 2014 email off of Hunter Biden's laptop, which Hunter wrote to his business partner, Devin Archer, currently in jail for fraud, by the way, in which he knew an amazing amount of detailed information about Ukraine, the type of information one might well have learned from reading top-secret classified reports given to him by his father to help their influence peddling racket. He clearly implicates his father 
in their influence peddling and concludes his email in Tony Soprano fashion by instructing Devin to buy a burner phone. So, who ratted Joe out? Could it have been the Russians? They have a pretty good intelligence system. They certainly have good reason to rat Joe out and expose his ties to Ukraine. Then again, suppose Zelensky said, Joe, either give me the tanks or I will take you down, and wanted to fire a shot over Joe's bow to get him to act. Certainly, Zelensky has a dossier on all the Biden activities in Ukraine, and he's willing to use it. Joe Biden is bought and compromised. He and his family are scoundrels and traitors. Call me a conspiracy nut, but it's absolutely reasonable to ask such questions when someone has betrayed his country. I suspect that these classified documents have something to do with Ukraine and exposing the Biden family corruption that has jeopardized the security of the United States and, of course, put us closer to a nuclear war. Slow Joe's personal attorneys were trying to nab these files to do what with them? Almost certainly to keep their contents and subject matters from implicating Joe Biden in criminal activities. Merrick Garland named a special prosecutor. Is he in on the cover-up? Watch, my friends. He will almost certainly refuse to disclose the content of the files seized and aid the National Archives to evade congressional subpoenas by claiming disclosing any information will jeopardize an ongoing criminal investigation. You can fool the Washington press corps, but you can't fool Robert Smith. Yeah, by the way, uh, Jerry Dunleavy, Justice Department reporter over at the Washington Examiner, has a new article out. Special justification, DOJ reveals reason for stonewalling investigations into Biden and Trump documents. So, yeah, Robert Smith hit the nail on the head here. He says, to quote young Alice of Wonderland fame, this is getting curiouser and curiouser. We don't know all the answers, but one thing is for absolutely sure. One can't serve two masters. You know, that actually might make more sense than just the Democrat establishment is trying to take Biden down. That's that's pretty strong. See, one of the things that I feel it is my duty to you is to bring you not just news stories that you're not getting anywhere else, but to give you thought-provoking ideas that you're not getting anywhere else. Because until I read that article, I'm like, well, you know, the only explanation here is that the deep state, the powers that be, Obama, George Soros, World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, Susan Rice, Valerie Jarrett, whoever, have made the decision they don't want Joe Biden to be the nominee in 2024. I couldn't imagine there was another possible explanation for why the mainstream media 
is taking Joe Biden's classified documents scandal so seriously. And then along comes Robert Smith over Real Clear Markets. He's like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I think I've got an alternative explanation. And I'm reading the thing and I'm going, well, doggone. You, uh, you might just have something there. Yeah. So that's, um, I hope edifying. I hope that gives you uh, something to chew on, something to think about. Because I don't want to just accept a standard narrative if there is another explanation, another alternative, which is just as reasonable, you know, as what we're all assuming. That's all. Anyway, having said that, it's time to say, hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by Red River Auto, the big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice the way you want to and have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental USA. Today's tweet of the day is from a gentleman named Stephen Miller. He is senior advisor to President Trump, also the founder of America First Legal. And his tweet of the day is short, sweet, and to the point. And he says, raid Biden, raid Obama, raid Bush, or show once again the DOJ is rigged. And I agree with him wholeheartedly. But you know what? I would take it a step further. I would add raid Dick Cheney. Okay? Because he was a vice president. I mean, is Joe Biden the only vice president that ever made off with classified documents? I'm not saying Cheney did, but let's find out. Raid Dan Quayle. Raid Al Gore. You see where I'm going with this? Um, let's find out. Why not? Now, I would also say Ray Jimmy Carter. He's still around. And then you have to consider taking it to its logical extreme. Do you start raiding the presidential libraries of presidents that are no longer with us? I don't know, man. Just a thought. Maybe y'all could do the math on that. Um, that is today's tweet of the day. Stephen Miller, senior advisor to President Trump. And it's brought to you, of course, by Red River Auto. 
thank you, big thank you to Mitch Ward at Red River. I got a great deal on my car there. I bet you could too. You've been listening to episode 334 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempier X. And that's the way it is. Monday, January 30th, 2023.